What's up, everybody? Welcome. How are you? Hope everybody's doing well, recovering from another awesome Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas to everybody out there. Hope everybody had a good time with their significant others, with their families, with their friends, Uh, especially in the last year and a half to two years that we've had in this world. uh, It's good to get around and see some people you don't normally see, some people you see all the time, and of course your family. So however you guys spent it, I hope you enjoyed it. This is uh, another episode of the All in Man Cave podcast. Uh, I am Cole Hate. if you don't know, if you don't remember, or if you're a first-time listener. Uh, and this is our Week 16 recap show. I'm sure a lot of you out there probably watched a decent amount of football on Christmas. Uh, so we're gonna. I'll have a few nuggets from those games, but we'll get into all the Sunday, all the games from the Sunday slate as well as the game Monday night. Talk about some stuff, go over the scores, go over some big stuff going on in these games, and uh, maybe we have a clearer picture, uh, especially to all the listeners out there that listen to this podcast, uh, of what we're going to expect from the playoffs, not only in the AFC, but also in the NFC. So uh, a lot of stuff answered. Uh, The few nuggets, let's go over the Christmas games real quick. Uh, Browns lose to the Packers. Packers come out on top 24 to 22. Uh, the Packers' defense is the only thing that I, ca- I came out with this being somewhat suspect on that team. Aaron Rodgers looks like he's playing well, even though he was dinged up pretty good to that toe. Uh, I believe he was stepped on two or three times in this football game, uh, and he was visibly in pain. So Packers fans out there, not too much of a concern. Uh, he already said he's not interested in anything that requires him missing games in terms of treatment uh, for his broken pinky toe. So if you're a Packers fan, I wouldn't be too concerned unless we start to see stuff going through the NFL blogs, going through the media this week uh, about him. Uh, And it's not just going to be him missing practice. He hasn't practiced in probably uh, at least two weeks, if not three weeks, uh, because of the toe. So he's just coming out. He's getting treatment all week, and he's playing football games, Uh, him being Aaron Rodgers. So a lot of answers, a lot of questions, a lot of stuff going on in terms of the the Cleveland Browns here. Uh, the, the, the Browns need to figure out what they're going to do with Baker Mayfield. And, and honestly, there's a lot of stuff in the media. People are are, are hitting them hard uh, in terms of him not getting anywhere near uh, the chance of receiving an extension from the Browns. And, and it's not the right move right now. Baker's been dinged up. He's had some iffy games. I know he took... Uh, that organization and that fan base to the playoffs, and they don't go to the playoffs often, at least in my lifetime. Uh, so Baker's done some positive things. He's also done some negative things, and in this game he threw four interceptions. So uh, got to keep an eye on the AFC North as a whole, uh, but definitely keep an eye on the Browns because they can still win the division. That's how competitive this division is. It, it's it's getting insane, and we're going to go over all of these teams that played uh, within that division. It's just an extremely competitive division. So that's what I got on that game. The later game didn't even actually watch most of it. I was pretty tired from my Christmas festivities of the day, uh, going around, being social, uh, and what have you. Uh, so, And I was pretty full, to be honest, because we made an awesome, awesome pork and sauerkraut recipe. Shout out to my girlfriend, Amber. Awesome, awesome meal for my, my family and my buddy, Tyler, who's been on the podcast before, swung by as well. So shout out to you, Ty. Thanks for coming and enjoying some some food and some good uh, some good conversations. Um, but, but I didn't see much of this game, went back, watched most of it on Game Pass. Actually pretty concerned about the state of the Arizona Cardinals right now. Not going to say that I'm a huge... I'm not in shock 
I'm not in shock. We've seen this. It happened last year. Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler, whether they be dinged up or just bad calls, depending on which one you're talking about, uh, and the game plan in general. It just seems like without D-Hop for the rest of the season with his knee issue, uh, it doesn't look like these wide receivers were were picked up or left on this roster uh, to fill in a role of DeAndre Hopkins. And it just seems like with that combo, with James Conner slowing down a bit, and he was carrying a lot of what they were doing, especially in the games that, that Kyler didn't play uh, for the Cardinals. But it's 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 concerning, especially if you're a Cardinals fan. I know a few of them, uh, based on my professional life, friends, coworkers that I've met around. There's a few Cardinals fans out there. And the Cardinals are, are, are a good team. I, I wish no ill will towards the Cardinals, but I don't know if Cliff Kingsbury is a good enough coach to get them over the top. Yeah, he's proving that he can't even finish a season with the strength that he started. Even go from really good to mediocre uh, would be understandable, uh, but they just look like they're all sorts of gone. It just doesn't look, and it looks like the Rams are probably going to win that division and now, and, and they weren't projected to do so even just a few weeks ago. Uh, so the Cardinals are reeling. The Colts are the Colts. Uh, they played this game exactly the way they've played in every game they've won this year. Uh, they run the ball well with Jonathan Taylor. Uh, they play solid defense, and they ask Carson Wentz to make a few plays and very little mistakes, and that's exactly what happened in this game. Uh, there's no need to talk about anything else. I love the way the Colts have looked in recent weeks, especially with their, what, 1-6 and six start, I believe. I think the only team that started worse than them that was projected to be a decent team was the Dolphins, who started at one, with a uh, 1-7 and seven record. Uh, but the Colts look good, and they're the scariest team if I was a fan of any AFC team that's going to compete in the first round of the playoffs. I do not want to play the Indianapolis Colts under zero circumstances. Carson Wentz looks good. Uh, looks like he's trying to find what what, what is left in his backpack uh, from that uh, what should have been an MVP season in 2017. Uh, but he's proving that he can go games with making the plays he needs to make uh, and handing the ball off. And that's not a bad a bad way to win football games. And it doesn't matter about stats at the end of the day. The NFL is about W's. And if you can get W's, you can win. Uh, you can win and you can go far. So I, I'm not really concerned about the Colts' great game by them. Uh, they take down the Cardinals, and the Cardinals are going to be real and limping into the playoffs. Uh, but those are the Christmas Day games. Let's move forward to the Sunday slate, uh, and then we'll end, obviously, with the Monday Night Football game. But uh, first game we're going to do, the Bills beat the Patriots in Foxborough, 33-21. to Josh Allen looks like he is back. And Stephon Diggs, for all the mediocrity and the haters out there, even though his statistics aren't terrible this year, uh, but if a player that puts up a lot of yards the previous year uh, now doesn't put those yards up, they just assume that it's some sort of setback. He's been what he needs to be for that football team. He's not having the the, the Cooper Cup type statistics in football games, uh, but he's doing enough to win. And, and and I love Stephon Diggs. Josh Allen looked like he was in complete command of this football game. And it's on the flip side, Mac Jones, less than 50% completions. This is the type of game that you knew Mac Jones was capable of that he didn't show up until, or maybe he's had a few. Honestly, I haven't watched every Patriots game. But he's probably had a few of these games. 14 for 32. That's the opposite of what you were drafted for. Mac Jones was drafted to be an accurate quarterback with a high completion percentage, and that team was going to run a lot. 
which is why he ended up in a perfect location. 14 of 32 is not going to be acceptable on on that team with that constructed roster and having Bill Belichick as a head coach. Not going to run, not going to go, not going to fly. And now they're tied for the lead in the division. So those two are tied for the lead in the division. And honestly, the Miami Dolphins, I think, are one game out. of they can. The Miami Dolphins could win this division. It's unbelievably true that that is an actual statement. I'm shocked sitting here recording this podcast 3.34 on a Tuesday in my man cave chilling recording this podcast. I have shivers thinking that the Miami Dolphins that started one and seven could win that division. So great win by the Bills. Uh, They were able to get a rushing touchdown in this. Josh Allen only carried the ball 12 times himself, which is good. You don't want to put him in too much harm, especially with what he can do with his arm. And that just rhymed. Uh, So I should get bonus points for that. So uh, if anybody's keeping track with all the made-up words and bonus points, I'm probably there from like maybe a free gift, free gift basket or something. (laughs) Funny. Um, But yeah, I don't. This game looked good. It looked a lot different than their first meeting in a windy Buffalo game uh, only a few weeks ago. Uh, So kudos to the Bills. Next on the list, the Texans upset the Chargers 41 to 29. Uh, Probably the worst pick by me picking the Chargers minus 10. That line actually moved to 13. So listen, I. There is an issue going on with the Chargers. Now, their issue has changed a bit in recent years. They lose one-score games a lot, and that happened. uh, Let's go back and think about it. So I would say maybe between the last three to five years, they would lose a lot of close games. Uh, Their kickers have been inconsistent. They were losing games at the end, similar to the way the Vikings played this entire season. So I don't really... Brandon Staley is a defensive-minded coach, and for all the kudos he's been getting, his defense is horrible. Their defense is bad. To give up 41 to the Texans, over 200 yards rushing to Rex Burkhead and company in the Texans' backfield, the the Texans were missing eight starters because of COVID, between the offensive side and the defensive side of the football. And you lost to them by 12 when you were favored by 13. That's a 25-point swing. That's absolutely insane, and and it's spoiler season uh, because the Texans are going to play spoiler. Davis Mills looked good in this game. Can't say he's looked good in every game that he started, um, but he's going to start next week. That's going to be 10 starts under his belt. So may, maybe Davis Mills is a lot better than people think. He was drafted after Kellen Mond, and I'm going to give you guys a guess right now. How many active, how many games was Kellen Mond active for this season for the Minnesota Vikings? Just active, and he dressed. I'll give you a hint. It's one. One game, and he didn't get a snap, and he's been inactive and didn't dress ever since, ever since that game. I think it was like week three, week three or week four. It's insane, Uh, but but the Chargers better figure it out because for as much competitive wild card chasing that the NFC's getting in terms of credit by the media, the AFC's just as tight, so the the Chargers, they they better figure it out, and they better do it quick uh, so they don't waste what they have in Justin Herbert. Who knows if he's able to keep this up. Next on the list, the Bengals beat the Ravens 41-21. to uh, The Ravens are, have been limping the entire... The, 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 I believe they've lost four games in a row. Uh, maybe five now. Two of them you know, if you've watched anything about the media the, for the NFL. 
You've seen that John Harbaugh has gone for it for a two-point conversion to win football games twice in his 0 for 2, which is both of those games are included, but they still have lost the last four games. Uh, and and for what reason? Excuses are like assholes. Part of my French. Everybody's got one. Uh, but but you you cannot you cannot be completely embarrassed by this team, this divisional foe, twice in the same season. They hung forty one on them the first time. You give up eighty two points in two games to the same opponent. That's within your division. I know that they're hurting in terms of injuries. I get that. I understand it. But that coaching staff in Baltimore is great. Now, maybe the caliber of players aren't that good, and they're really not that good uh, compared to the starters. So for that, I apologize a little. But at some point, excuses are like assholes. I already said it. So, uh, and listen, I've got to give myself kudos again. On the likes list last week, going into week 16, I put Joe Burrow on the likes list. And what does he do? He puts up 525 and four TDs. This guy is good, and he's still having uh, hand issues. With one of his fingers on his throwing hand. And he's putting up 500 yards. It's amazing what I've seen from Joe Burrow. This this season, it looks like Joe Burrow is exactly the player we thought. And, and it's almost the opposite of how everybody, including myself, feels about Trevor Lawrence. But we'll get to him later on. Next on the list, the Eagles beat the Giants 34-10. to I have no idea how the Eagles scored 34 points. I was... Uh, traveling, uh, visiting friends, trying to check my phone to see the latest score updates, and I could have sworn that this game was 3-3 to at halftime. And then all of a sudden, in the fourth quarter, the Eagles have 34 points. And to be to be quite frank, it's because the Giants are awful. They're absolutely awful. On the offensive side of the football, at the quarterback position, Saquon Barkley can't get going. Offensive line is terrible. The defense is inconsistent. The only bright part of this team is that the defense came out and had a decent month of football in the middle of the season. And granted, you got to take the wins where you can get them. You got to take the positives where you can get them from. But but if the only thing is that you have an inconsistent defense that plays good half the time and your offense is terrible, you are not going to win football games. And the saddest part about it is Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport, one of the two, I got a direct thing to my phone and I just remember chuckling to myself, Joe Judge and Daniel Jones are going to return for the New York Giants next season. If you guys remember anything that I've said multiple times on this podcast it's that Daniel Jones is going to find out if he will be the uh, starting quarterback for this football team or be released from this team by Thanksgiving and what do the Giants do the complete opposite they wait until after Christmas he gets hurt and now he's going to come back as well as Joe Judge but they're going to fire the GM which is what's going around so now I'm very confused. So now you're going to bring in a new GM, but you're going to tell the new GM that he needs to keep the quarterback that's not working and the coach that he didn't hire. Just sit on that for a minute. Just just let that stew for a minute. You're going to bring in a GM, and you're going to tell him that you're running a football team, but he cannot and is going to be encouraged to not move on from the quarterback that he didn't draft, that he didn't okay, and the coach that he didn't hire or he didn't okay. This just, it just doesn't make any sense, and and that team is a disaster. Uh, so let's flip sides and go to the Eagles. The Eagles look good. Now, their opponents are uh, that they've beaten on this long, uh, you could call it a somewhat positive streak. 
the last seven games. I believe they're six and one in their last seven games. Or, or no, it's five and two in their last seven games. It's still, the Eagles have played well. Their defense has stepped up. The defense has played a lot better than people would have expected. Jalen Hurts looks good in this offense. He has a few stinkers, but what quarterback doesn't? And they they're able to run the football to the to the beat of a third ranked rushing offense in the NFL, not just in the NFC. The Eagles do things sometimes that I wish the Vikings would do, and just get way more creative with running the football, and just let Kirk Cousins do what he needs to do to win games. Now, Kirk Cousins is not comparable to Jalen Hurts in this situation. I'm just comparing the the Eagles and what they're doing to what the Vikings could do. But where Jalen runs, the design runs could be rollouts for Kirk. It's this is this is the type of deal they they're embracing their team. Whereas teams that don't embrace what the coaches and, and the, what the team's good at, their strong suit, if if they don't play to that, it starts to get weird. It just starts to get weird. Uh, team quarterbacks who want to throw are on teams that want to run, uh, and vice versa. It just gets weird. And right now the Eagles hold hold a playoff spot, and they play the Washington football team next week, and they play the the Dallas Cowboys, who may be sitting people the the last week of the season. So the Eagles are almost, if their percentage to make the playoffs isn't above sixty, I would be surprised. Next on the list, the Rams beat my Minnesota Vikings thirty to twenty three. I did. I was able to stream this game while I was out and about. I uh, took a little three hour uh, break from being social with friends to watch this football game. Uh, listen, I I'm a very objective Vikings fan, and and you're gonna get it basically as exactly how I feel right now. I was pretty high on this football team until I saw how the defense came out and played in the first few weeks. And then with all the injuries, I didn't expect defensively for this team to be able to keep up. And I thought I was going to start looking at the same team I looked at last year uh, in 2020, uh, where we went 7-9, and nine, uh, which is very still very possible considering that, that we're 7-8 and eight right now. I guess we could go 7-10, and 10, not 7-9 and nine because they added a game. Um, but... but to get to the game itself, uh, Kirk Cousins' statistics look way better than he played, and I'm back and forth on Kirk Cousins. I- I'm not a-, a lover. I'm not a hater. I-, I just think that he's at the road now where we know we can't, and I say this as if I'm part of the team, but I guess that shows my true fandom, but I I, I feel like his-, his time is coming to an end. And there's a lot of stuff out there now with, with what the Vikings would want to do if they tried to move Kirk Cousins, what they would want in return, uh, all this type of stuff. I've seen to Pittsburgh for a first-round pick, and Dwayne Haskins comes back to us. I've seen him just go to the Eagles in some sort of weird trade, and then we go out and pick up Teddy Bridgewater. It's just there's a lot of moves that are that are weird right now with Kirk Cousins. His his salary is the main reason why all that stuff's coming out in the media. His salary cap hit is forty five million dollars next year. Uh, to be let's let's be honest, mediocre, uh, and he's not good in prime time. So I listen. The Vikings play calling in this game is awful. Dalvin Cook could not play due to COVID. He's probably also not going to be available next week against the Green Bay Packers, who we play in Lambeau Field on Sunday Night Football. Uh, which is going to be an absolute joke. But 
Alexander Madison not having any any type of success early on the ground. Uh, they they didn't get him outside. They kept him within the tackles. Uh, even on the pitches, they were designed to be cut up the middle. It just you got to get away from Aaron Donald, and Aaron Donald was a mess in this entire game. Uh, their defense played well. Uh, Jalen Ramsey locked up Justin Jefferson for the entire first half. Uh, and most of the second half, he did get loose a little bit late, but that could be attributed to being down by 10 points, being down by two scores, uh, and the defense playing a little bit soft. So, I listen, the Vikings play calling wasn't good. Adam Thielen dinged up. He tried to come back in this game. I was, ironically enough, playing in the semifinals of my fantasy league this week against Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Still ended up winning based on Mike Gusecki not putting up what I thought he would put up last night. So I'm actually in the championship of my fantasy football league. Uh, but Adam Thielen dinged up. He, he came back after he left the game. And, and he just wasn't the same. And then he, get, he kept getting dinged up. I think it was one or at least... No, I think it was at least two times after that coming out of the game and then officially being officially being ruled out in the second half. Uh, the, the Vikings just looked bad. Matt Stafford threw three picks, two of them to tip balls. Uh, no, one of them was a tip ball. The other one was a very bad pass. Uh, two interceptions by Anthony Barr in this game, one by Xavier Woods as well uh, on a Matt Stafford pass that made no sense. Uh, them being up by two scores and him just throwing it as far as he possibly can down the field. It just didn't make sense to me. But uh, on the flip side, I'll get off the soapbox on my own Minnesota Vikings. The The outlook looks bleak. Uh, it's not going to be the first time if we do see a miracle uh, based on the Minnesota miracle that is currently the picture right behind me uh, that my buddy Tyler uh, actually bought me uh, as a gift. So kudos, shout out to Ty. Thanks for the gift. It's right behind me right now under my LED light in the in the man cave, the Vikings man cave. So shout out to Ty on that one. But uh, it'll be a miracle. They need to win out. Winning against Green Bay without Dalvin Cook is going to be almost impossible. So we'll see what happens, what we have available going into, going into that Sunday night football game. Uh, but the Rams have played well. Stafford being inconsistent shouldn't surprise them because they probably dug up more tape on him than anyone ever has before they made the decision to try and trade him and get rid of those picks. Uh, but but it shouldn't scare them. They're in the driver's seat. Arizona's reeling. Their defense is playing well. Kudos to the Rams. Uh, and a hard loss to the Vikings, who have lost almost every game by one score this season. So I'm not surprised. Next on the list, the Bears beat the Seahawks. 25 to 24 big uh, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get some some R-rated views on this one but big Dick Nick Foles came out and won them the game at the end of the game uh they obviously the Bears are putting him on on audition uh on an audition for them to get anything uh in terms of unloading him considering he's the third string quarterback uh who's ironically enough won a Super Bowl uh, I think about those things all the time that he's literally sitting on a bench somewhere wearing an earpiece but he won a Super Bowl in Chicago or in Philly but now he's in Chicago it, it's wild it's absolutely wild um, and the Bears are going to be a spoiler team. They can't get anywhere in the playoffs. It's not possible. They're going to be a good spoiler team. Justin Fields played well in this game. They were able to run the football enough. Uh, they wish they could have run, ran it better. Uh, but Justin Fields looked good at one point uh, when he was in earlier. Uh, but Nick Foles had it at the end. We got the two-point conversion to win the game at the end of the game. Uh, and uh, on the flip side, the Seahawks are, are in shambles. It's it's bad. It's bad to watch. Russell Wilson doesn't look right. 
Uh, he looks like he gained a little bit of weight. If if I'm not mistaken, doesn't feel like he wants to run as much uh, or at least scramble in the pocket. He made a few decent throws in this game that we haven't seen, uh, but a lot of overthrows that are uncharacteristic for him as a, as a player. So honestly, uh, not not much to take away from this game. They're both going to be playing spoiler moving forward, uh, but it's going to be interesting to see what Seattle does uh, considering they're, they're down a lot of picks. Uh, they're on the wrong side of being pickless. Uh, or being down on picks, whereas the Rams are on the right side because they're getting, they're having successful games. Their moves are more successful uh, to the detriment of their own team. Uh, so the the Seattle Seahawks, with not that many picks this season, uh, and the way that they're currently playing, is going to be interesting uh, to see moving forward if they're going to be able to bounce back next season. Next on the list, the Bucks beat the Panthers thirty-two to six. I really thought I had a good pick on the parlay. Um, for Panthers plus 10, but guess what? It was absolutely awful. Tom Brady with nobody in there uh, still, still lights the Panthers on fire. It was it, it was good to see the, the Bucks offense have a good game, even with all the people that were out, uh, that being Mike Evans, that being Chris Godwin, that being Leonard Fournette. Uh, you got some, some input and a big run, a big TD run from your third string running back, Keyshawn Vaughn. It, uh, Ronald Jones had a good day. Uh, I, I picked him. I, he wasn't on the likes list, but I should have added him when I went over uh, the Leonard Fournette injury on our injury podcast last week. And I said, listen, if you can if you can grab Ronald Jones, pick him up. But maybe you should have grabbed Keyshawn Vaughn. Very possible. Uh, but Ronald Jones did have a rushing touchdown in this game as well. Uh, not much. The, the the Panthers are reeling. Uh, they're 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 done. It's it looks bad, and they're kind of stuck because they gave Sam Darnold a fifth year option next year. They already signed him to it, uh, so you're stuck with paying him next season. And he didn't look good, not only in this game but the entire season. Next on the list, the Raiders beat the Broncos seventeen to thirteen. Does Derek Carr leave Las Vegas? Uh, it's very possible. I don't know if uh, Mark Davis, their owner, is going to be very impressed with what Mike Mayock has done. I think that Mike Mayock may be on his way out, and if that's the case, whoever they bring in, does Derek Carr stay? Is his play good enough for him to stay? I think yes. Most people think no. That from what I've read, anyways, so far, uh, in terms of whether or not the, that Vegas fans, the Vegas media, likes Derek Carr as a quarterback, I think he has a lot more upside than downside. I'd rather have Derek Carr than Kirk Cousins. I'd rather have Derek Carr than Jimmy Garoppolo, and, and I think I'd rather have Derek Carr than Carson Wentz. So I'm I'm a lot higher on Derek Carr than a lot of other people, but I think I think. The Raiders have gone through enough, and I think he deserves for this organization to reset, even if it's a minor one, uh, and him to come back next season and give it another go. Uh, but on the flip side, uh, Drew Locke versus Teddy Bridgewater in this game. If you guys don't know the difference uh, between Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, uh, it's almost like your extremely aggressive bet on DraftKings versus your extremely safe one, but it doesn't really have as much of a return. Uh, that's basically Drew Locke versus Teddy. Drew Locke being the aggressive uh, bet and Teddy being the safe one. Uh, Drew Locke is not 
not an NFL quarterback. And it's it's sad because he had a lot of promise coming out of college. They thought he was going to be good. He came out, he was a bit cocky. He started to turn the ball over, and then that really never stopped. So that's why Drew Locke has not been starting games this season because Teddy Bridgewater is a professional athlete uh, who came back from a very, very serious injury and is still able to play the play the quarterback position and do it in a way where he doesn't turn the football over. Now, uh, Vic Fangio seems like he's kind of on the on the loop right now in terms of whether he's going to be rehired or not. I think this football team fights. Vic Fangio's a defensive a defensive minded coach, and their defense is awesome. Uh, the Broncos defense is real. I would love to have the Broncos defense, regardless of even if they're missing a few key pieces, because they all seem like key pieces. Patrick Sertan's played well. Uh, they they have a lot of safeties. Uh, their their depth at safety is good. Their depth at corner is good. Their their off their defensive line plays well. Gets after the quarterback. Their linebackers can cover. They can play the run. It's it's very it's very well coached. Their defense. It is very well coached, and it reminds me of when the Vikings had a stout defense uh, earlier in Zimmer's tenure with the Minnesota Vikings, where. Uh, the offensive coordinator controlled the offense, and it it just seems like uh, defensive-minded coaches, when they try and in, in, inject themselves into the offensive plan, uh, their team seems to struggle uh, because not only is are their ideas in terms of the opposite side of the football, that's their, their go-to, their opinions on the opposite side are typically not good, uh, as well as them taking some of their time away from their craft, which is the side they like. And that's just some of the stuff that I'm seeing in terms of not only my own football team, but other football teams as well. Next on the list, the Chiefs destroyed the Steelers 36-10. to Another bad pick by me. Uh, but every time I take the Kansas City Chiefs minus any type of points that's more than five, they never cover. Uh, so I'm not upset about it. I'm just, I mean, I'm kind of upset about it. Um, but the Steelers, uh, they're, they they no longer can be carried by their defense because their defense is not good. They, they haven't been good since the, they had a few good games at the beginning of the season. I would say the first month, uh, the Steelers had a decent, they had a decent defense that was able to make plays and kind of carry their offense that was sputtering. Now their offense is sputtering and their defense is also terrible. They are the worst team against the run. And I didn't even know that until I saw it via NHL, NHL, funny, NFL Network. When I was watching NFL Network the other day. Ironically enough, I also was watching NHL Net. But anyways, so uh, listen, Matt Canada, uh, the rumors of of him, and uh, I don't believe that they're true, but there's rumors of Matt Canada, the Steelers' offensive coordinator, is calling plays so that Ben will retire. It's, it's a bunch of hocus-pocus. It's not true. It's not even close to true. Now, it kind of looks like that's happening. Their offensive play calling is awful. Big Ben can't move. Uh, They've been depleted. Their offensive line took hits. Their defense took hits uh, in free agency last, uh, well, this past offseason, I guess you should say. They lost key pieces on the offensive line. They lost key pieces in the defensive backfield and their linebackers. So this is basically what you should have expected when you should have thought about how the Steelers were going to play this year. Now you can compensate some of their some or try and try and make up for some of that with draft picks. But what are the honestly what are the chances of that? Drafting someone to replace Edmonds, drafting someone to replace Villanueva, 
on the offensive. It's it's just it, the chances are sl- slim to none. And for all the Chiefs haters out there uh, that are concerned about Patrick Mahomes and concerned about the Kansas City Chiefs, that team is the number one team in the NFL right now. Uh, their offense is good. They didn't have Travis Kelsey. Tyreek Hill had two catches for 19 yards, and they won by 26. They lost Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire due to an injury. It's 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 honestly surprising that people are still trying to hate on the Chiefs. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to put them on a super pedestal based on what I've seen from them all season. Mahomes hasn't been 100% on it, but maybe that's part of the plan. Part of the plan was for the Kansas City Chiefs to get into the head of Patrick Mahomes that he can check the ball down. He doesn't have to throw sidearm passes so 400 yards down the field. He doesn't have to throw 50-50 balls up as much. And this is how Kansas City wins football games. Their defense gave up 10 points to a Steelers team that is capable of scoring way more than 10 points. Their defense has played well. Their offense has been, it hasn't been terrible. It hasn't been terrible. It's been mediocre for, I would say, two-thirds of the season. Their offense has been mediocre, but they're winning football games, and that's all that matters in the NFL. They're winning football games. Next on the list, the Falcons beat the Lions 20-16. to uh, I said there was one way for the Falcons to make the Lions not cover in this game. Uh, Lions plus six was, uh, was definitely a pick that was in the parlay. Uh, Patter, uh, Cordero Patterson and Kyle Pitts had a great day. And I said that that was the only way they were going to be able to, uh, the Lions still did cover uh, because it was plus six. They only lost by four, uh, but they did enough uh, in Patterson and with Pitts uh, to get a win, to get a win in this, in this NFL season during the NFL at all. But especially this NFL season it is, is a victory. A W is a W regardless. Now, they don't look like a good team. The Falcons do not look like a good team. Their defense is skeptical. Their offensive line is not good. Matt Ryan's aging, clearly aging. He's going through a similar thing, maybe at a lesser extent than Big Ben, uh, but it's close. So, uh, listen, this is not anything you want to write to write home to mom for. Uh, a four-point win against the Lions, uh, who are 2-13-1, I believe. So... Uh, it, it's uh, let, let's flip the script for a minute. I, I just want to make sure I don't forget to bring this guy up because I own this man in fantasy earlier in the season, picked him off of, off of waivers. He was always on my bench. I never started him. And then when I did start him, it didn't work out for a few weeks and I dropped him. I'm on Ross St. Brown. The wide receiver for the, for the Detroit lions is a stud. This guy is a stud. Uh, he runs great routes, caught the game-winning touchdown against my Minnesota Vikings, started to look look him up a little bit. I actually did something I haven't done in a while, and I looked up his college tape. Uh, I went back. I wanted to look and see uh, because I believe he's the brother or cousin. See, the brother, he has some relation to Equinemius St. Brown, uh, the, f- f- I guess you could say, former starting wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, he's been on the practice squad. He had stints there. Didn't really see him much in football games. Got a big concussion at some point that he was in uh, during this season. But we haven't seen much from him. But I believe Amon Ra, uh, St. Brown, is his brother or cousin. I'm pretty positive it's his brother. But uh, he looks great. And if you can surround him with some more pieces as well and get Jared Goff to a point where he trusts this offense and can be Jared Goff, uh, the good Jared Goff, and obviously not the, the one that fumbles the ball and can't run and turns the ball over but 
they can be decent next year. They can have a great bounce back season, especially since they they love Dan Campbell. He's been great. They, he's gotten buy in from Dan Campbell's gotten buy in from that locker room. So that I, I I'm gonna say that I'm a little I'm a, about the same scaredness of the scaredness. Another another word I've created on this podcast. Get I deserve another bonus point for that. But I'm as scared of the I'm as afraid of the Lions that I am of the of the Bears next year. And they should be of of the Minnesota Vikings as well because all three teams are reeling right now and have huge holes. So I like the way the Lions played in this game. They obviously covered, which is what I needed. Uh, not sure what the Falcons do moving forward. Do they stick with Matt Ryan? Do they try and draft someone? Uh, there's not that many good players in the draft projected-wise. Uh, in terms of the quarterback position coming out of college, but that hasn't stopped players before. So I think there's going to be at least one good quarterback that comes out of this draft. Where he goes is yet to be determined, uh, but he could end up in Atlanta. Next on the list, the Jets beat the Jaguars 26-21. to I picked the Jaguars in a pick but I took the over, which hit of uh, 41.5. That was in the parlay. I love, and this is a little random because the, the, you didn't see much uh, highlights on this guy. You haven't seen much of him basically all season because he plays for the New York Jets. But Michael Carter is an awesome rookie running back and a great building block piece for this for this franchise. Uh, they got Mohamed Salah. I don't see them moving off of Salah, uh, and, not, and not without giving him an opportunity. Zach Wilson has made progress. Uh, probably more progress than Trevor Lawrence, who we'll talk about in a minute. But uh, Zach Wilson looks okay. Had a big run in this game, uh, over 50-yard run for a TD. Uh, he made better decisions in this in this game. And you know, you guys know I've said it before, uh, but if you forgot, uh, the, the comp for Zach Wilson in this league is Drew Locke. And is and that's what I called earlier when he was drafted. Even back in the draft when he was drafted, people were saying now he's going to be the biggest bust. At this point, I didn't think Drew Locke was going to be a bust. Now, maybe not. Maybe I'm not so sure of that. But Zach Wilson looked like he controlled this game from the quarterback position. I know their their opponent not very not a very good opponent. Um, but I don't know. And we'll get into it right now because we're transitioning in this conversation anyway to the Jags. But both teams clearly need to, to rebuild at least a decent amount of their offense. Uh, but what is Trevor Lawrence moving on? Like, what, what is he, he going to be? What are you expecting from him? What am I expecting from him? What is the league expecting from him in the next two to three years? And that answer is based on who they get in to be a head coach of that football team. If they bring in... A great coach that meshes with Trevor Lawrence, he has the ability to hit his ceiling. If they bring in another coach that ends up being like Urban Meyer, it may break his career. So as of right now, Trevor Lawrence has not had a good season, and most of it is not his fault. So at some points, the you got to realize that the roster is weak. At some points, got to realize that Urban Meyer had an influence, a negative influence on him. The, the team itself with the surroundings, had it, it hurt him. It hurt his development. I've mentioned that multiple times. His development has been halted because of how bad this football team is, not only on the field but off the field. So it depends on what happens in Jacksonville and what coach they bring in there. I believe they've already interviewed two head coaching candidates. One of them is Doug Peterson. I forget who the other one was. Maybe Byron Lefwich. 
I think I think they they had interviews already because of the new NFL rule that within the last two weeks of the season you can interview uh, for a vacant coaching position if there's currently an interim. So I I honestly I, I Doug Peterson would be great with Trevor Lawrence. I think that they would mesh well. I think Byron Leftwich would also be good for Trevor Lawrence, but more for the Jacksonville Jaguars and less for Trevor Lawrence personally. I think he's I think Trevor Lawrence is the type of human being that will respond better to what Doug Peterson has in terms of what he has in his pot back pocket from when he was a quarterback in the league to all his coaching experience. And I think Byron Leftwich is just a bit young uh, uh, for Trevor and him to to mesh better than Trevor and and Doug Peterson. So I would vote for Doug Peterson if I had to pick. Next on the list, the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football absolutely embarrassed the Washington football team, 56-14. to I think it was 42-7 to at halftime. Uh, I was not interested at all in watching that football game after I watched the first half of the first quarter uh, where the Cowboys literally scored two touchdowns or were about to score their third of the quarter, uh, and the Washington football team looked awful. Taylor Heineke... I really don't know what happens with Washington moving forward. We can talk about it. I, they need a quarterback. And and I know Heineke was kind of like their, their, their diamond in the rough guy that came out and played well against Tom Brady in a great defense in the playoffs. But he hasn't looked good in, in a month. He hasn't looked great all year, but he hasn't looked good in a month. And they've had, they've had backups come in and look as good as Taylor Heineke. So I don't know... If he's going to be the, he's definitely not going to be the long-term answer. So Washington may be that first team if it's not the Atlanta Falcons that goes after a quarterback. Now they're obviously, I, I like those two teams getting quarterbacks. There's a, a chance that a team takes one before on something they saw. Something might change between now and then. Whoever's available in free agency, whoever is available via the trade. So it's hard to, to to know right now or make an assumption or sorry, make a make a hot take, I guess you should say, of who will which two teams will take quarterbacks first in the draft. But I, I, the Washington football team need a quarterback and their defense. Uh, there was almost a fisticuffs between two of their defensive linemen that both went to Alabama. Uh, Deron Payne, I can't remember. And Jonathan Allen, Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne. Are uh, we're we're almost fighting, fist fighting on the sideline. They were losing that bad, and and I, that happens in football. There there's some overreactions in the media that are are not even worth discussing. Whether that's okay, whether it's going to be a problem moving forward. You you fight with siblings, you fight with teammates, you fight with friends. It just happens. Okay, like it, it just happens. I played pee wee football. I, I know it's not. I, high school football or any higher caliber football but yelling at each other on the practice field whatever you guys go hang out to play video games the next night like whatever it happens in the nfl too so i'm not really concerned about that now i saw an awesome hilarious meme on christmas day in the morning uh we were we were cleaning stuff we were cleaning the house up and i just happened to check my phone and see this meme Uh, my girlfriend even thought it was pretty funny so uh, i saw the elf on the shelf one of those elf on the shelf memes where they kind of change it at the bottom and make it something funny, whether it be political, whether it be dirty, a dirty joke or whatever. It was elf on the shelf and Dak on attack uh, and a meme of him standing on an overblown tack, like a huge blown up tack that somebody freaking edited. It was hilarious. Uh, but Dak looked good. And this was his first game that he looked good since the calf strain. 
Ever since the calf strain, he hasn't looked the same. Their offense looked like it was sputtering. They didn't run the ball well in this game, but they ran the ball enough. So honestly, I would be scared in in the NFC. The, the Cowboys defense, the way they've looked, uh, Diggs, shout out to Trayvon Diggs, 11th interception in this game, uh, which is, I believe is the most in NFL history, if I'm not mistaken, because I think the... It was the the lead for the the record was either tied last year or the year before by Xavier Howard with ten interceptions and he has eleven with two games left. So one of them against the Eagles, Jalen Hurts probably a willing participant to give up the football in terms of if he has to throw the ball down the field. But listen, the Cowboys' offense is scary right now. They look like a top a top two team in the NFC right now. I honestly, if I were to rank all the division leaders right now, I would probably put the Packers number one. I would probably put the Cowboys number two. And then I would put the Bucks at three and the Rams at four. That's just the way I like. That's just the way I'm seeing. And literally those two teams that I listed one and two are the teams I dislike the most, the Cowboys and the Packers. Those are the two teams that I, as a football fan and not as a, or what I'm trying to be as an unbiased podcaster as, as much as possible, but as real as it gets, I can't, I can't throw away everything that I've learned from not only these fan bases, but also because one of them is within my division has been destroying my football team for decades uh, between Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. So uh, listen, it's hard to admit, but those are the best two teams. Now, they both have question marks. Can the Dallas Cowboys offense not sputter and their defense stay at that level? And the Packers right now, the health of Aaron Rodgers on the offensive side, even if it's not a major talk right now, the toe's going to, I think, affect him at some point within a football game and probably within a football game in the playoffs. The Defensively, they can't stop the run the last month. They both have question marks, but they're both very strong football teams. Not only the coaching staffs, but the players and their rosters. The overall rosters and the overall rosters, even their coaching staff. Both teams are the top two. I love them. Mike McCarthy, talk as much crap as you want on him. He's a good coach. He's a good coach. I I get it. you don't you want to hate on on Mike McCarthy I get it he had Aaron Rodgers all those years what did he actually do he's not calling plays right now Kellen Moore's calling the plays he's not calling defensive plays so what is he actually doing that's like a a weird mantra going around the NFL right now on head coaches that don't call plays for either side of the football it's like well what are they doing they don't even need a head coach yes they do because someone's got to steer the ship and if the offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator are not going to be in that position just to drive the ship, I guarantee you that the head coach will. Lastly, the Monday night football game, the Dolphins beat the Saints 20-3. to You got to respect what Miami's done. They started 1-7. They won seven in a row. They're still available. They're still able to win their division. They're still able to have a playoff berth. It's kind of amazing, and, and due, due mostly to coaching. Brian Flores has whipped that team into shape and done it quick. I cannot imagine a Bill Belichickian uh, that was on his staff. That's actually something that maybe I should trademark, a Bill Belichickian offensive coach. Actually, he's a defensive coach, but either any coach that works under Bill Belichick after starting 1-7 when your team was supposed to be tops in the AFC based on projections. 
I have no idea how that, those meetings went and how those how those talks went, uh, but they probably were not very pleasant. Uh, but this team came out. Now they're in a similar situation as the Eagles. Their opponents and the strength of their opponents is kind of in question. They beat the Jets twice. They beat the Panthers. They beat the 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 Texans. They beat the Jags. It's they've beaten teams that are suspect. However, you got to respect what they're doing. You got to respect what the Finns are doing. And honestly, they look good. And Tua looks like he's been playing better and better since the winning streak started. He's consistent. His completion percentage has come up. He hasn't been making as many bad throws. He's had a few, just like Joe Burrow. Everybody's allowed to have a few bad throws. Some people get more interceptions than others. Kirk Cousins has plenty of bad throws, yet not all of them get intercepted. So, bad, wrong place, wrong time. Bad throw, bad time. I just, I love what I'm seeing from Miami. It, maybe it's too late, maybe it's not. But I think that they have a decent shot. Uh, even with their two hardest games being the last two against the Colts and the Patriots, I give them a shot to win, go at least one and one, so let's see what happens in the AFC. But on the flip side, the Saints, uh, they were missing a lot of people due to COVID. Kind of unfair. Ian Book's second in, second throw of his NFL career was a pick six. Uh, Ian Book, the rookie out of Notre Dame, gets the start based on all the COVID issues going on in New Orleans. Uh, is, is this Sean Payton's last year in New Orleans? Uh, it might be. It might it might be his last year in New Orleans, and he would be a prime target for anyone looking for any type of coaching vacancy, especially at the head coach position. Listen, if you're anybody, will take Sean Payton. It's a shame what's happened to his football team this season. It's a shame what happened to a lot of football teams this season. There's a lot of injuries that go swept under the rug. Uh, people don't consider when teams underperform in football games. But uh, but due due to coaching, due to COVID, due to injuries, uh, this team is 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 reeling right now. Now they do play two easy games coming home, and I believe it's the Falcons and the Panthers that they play for their last two. They're more than capable of winning both of those games. Uh, whether it's going to be enough, we do not know. Uh, the NFC is just as tight as the AFC in terms of a of a wild card berth. Uh, the hell, the Vikings are still able to to get in at a seven and eight record, and and people are very positive on them still, even knowing we have to go to Green Bay and play on Sunday Night Football. So, uh, listen, it, let's see what happens. I like the Dolphins uh, to compete against the Colts next week. Probably one of the better games of the slate, uh, along with the Bengals and the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, those two games, probably the best two games next week. Um, but let's see what happens. It's going to get real tight. Uh, these, these, these divisional races are going to wrap up. Most of them already have the wild card's going to go down to week 18. There's always at least one game every year. The, the playoffs are never set, uh, before the last game of the season. There's always a surprise, which is why the, the, the last week of the season is so exciting, uh, but the hardest to bet on. So keep that into consideration. Uh, great segue. Uh, after that was the final game to go over for the recap. Awesome segue. I did not go over how we did last week against the spread, over-unders, and the parlay. Uh, nothing to write home, about, write home to mom about. Uh, 6 of 15 against the spread, and that includes the Christmas Day games. All of these include the Christmas Day games. Uh, the over, uh, 7 of 15 uh, against the um, for over-under, 7 of 15. So in actual records, I was 6 and 9. 
uh, via the spread, seven and eight via over unders, uh, and the parlay was four four and three. So four out of seven for the parlay did not hit. Unfortunately, we have two more opportunities to hit the parlay, probably a few more since I'm going to be throwing some parlays out for the playoff games as well, uh, which is even harder, but got to keep the parlay going. I got to win money for you guys. Uh, You guys sit here and you listen to me uh, on a regular basis, no matter where you're listening to. I got to get you guys winners if you're betting out there and trusting my picks. So that will definitely be uh, in in the works for the next podcast. Speaking of the next podcast, uh, I am actually going away this weekend. We are leaving uh, to head to visit my girlfriend's mom, spend some time with with her uh, for the new year. So I will have a combo podcast coming out tomorrow uh, that is going to go over injuries, go over fantasy football because this week's championship week, I can't leave you guys hanging or leave you out to dry. So I got to give you the injury updates, got to give you fantasy football likes and dislikes. Uh, But I will, instead of a preview episode this week, going over all the games, I'm just going to go over the parlay games. Uh, and some some random things that I find uh, to go along with that as well. So it's going to be a combo podcast. I will not have my normal preview podcast coming out Friday night. Sorry, Friday afternoon, Friday night, maybe Saturday morning, depending on what platform you guys use to listen to the podcast. But there will be a combo episode uh, coming out tomorrow. I'm actually going to take a look and f- kind of finalize it. Um, by the end of the night tonight and then tomorrow afternoon I will be recording it before we head uh, to my girlfriend's mother's house. Uh, I'm going to be in upstate New York so uh, going to be pretty fun to spend some time with her up there but just to give you guys the update one podcast combo podcast tomorrow tune in tomorrow wherever you listen to podcasts also add me on Twitter at all in man cave pod um, tweet at me Anything you want in terms of questions you want me to answer on the podcast, uh, any feedback, negative, positive, doesn't matter. Trying to make the podcast as good as it possibly can be. Um, So that wraps up this episode of the podcast, the week 16 recap. Hope you guys have a wonderful night. I will talk to you tomorrow. Uh, Once again, Merry Christmas. Uh, cannot say enough how thankful I am to have you guys listening out there. Uh, remember, spread the word on the podcast. Uh, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, tell your family, anyone who would enjoy this guy talking uh, for a little less than an hour about cool sports stuff. That's basically the best thing that I can talk about in terms of the podcast. But thank you so much, guys, for your support. Appreciate it. Uh, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Give me five stars. Subscribe, like, you know the deal. Uh, But until tomorrow, everybody have a good night. Relax and...